0: living life in the spirit that you might live victoriously next on times of refreshing join us Living as a successful Christian, and by success I mean spiritually successful, living out all the desires of God as He's intended. How we do that is focused here on life in the Spirit. Welcome to Times of Refreshing from the well, a Christian community in Livermore, California. Pastor Napoleon Kaufman continues our look at Galatians chapter 5 verses 16 through 26 today as we focus our attention on what it means to live life in the Spirit and why it is so important. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's broadcast.
1: There's a place for being angry. Jesus looked at his disciples with anger. There's a place for us. God doesn't want us to be without emotion. We should. There's things that we should have a righteous indignation about, and it's it's right to be angry. I mean, you can't. And, and there's times when you may need to project your voice to make your point across. I said, take out the trash. <laughs> Look at them over there. I said, take out the trash. <laughs> they know I love them. But if your mom told you to do it five times, and then your mom comes to me and says, hey, I told them five times they're not doing it, then the Lions got a roar. And then I go back and watch my basketball game. Can I have an amen? There's times as a, as a high school football coach, when I have to get on kids, and it's funny because, and, and, I, and I do it on purpose, if I have to get on a kid, I'm not going to say, hey, little Johnny. I know you just messed up, and you got the quarterback sacked, and his back is hurt, and now we're in trouble for the rest of the game, but it's okay. Try to do a better job next time, Johnny. Is that what y'all want me to say? No. I said, dude, what are you doing? You just got him blown up, man. Let's go. And there's times when, and some of my coaches have seen me on purpose. I'll, like, go ballistic, but but I'm doing it on purpose. And I... I'm going to act like this is like the worst thing in the world. Then I'll turn around and look at my (laughs) coat. There's times when you have to, but that doesn't mean he, but when you have a consistent behavioral problem where you're constantly losing it and out of control and you have outbursts of wrath and you blank for a minute, now we got a problem. Now you're in the flesh. Can I have an amen, y'all? Now we're in the flesh. If you, now you're blanking out for five minutes, breaking stuff, throwing stuff, tearing up the house that you got to fix. And now we're in a position where now, hey, you're getting in the flesh. Now, if you're, if you're driving your car and somebody cuts you off and you follow them for three blocks... And then pull up on the side and start yelling at them through your window. You are all Now you got outbursts of wrath. And you're getting in the flesh. Because, you know, people do that in the church. You cut them off one lane. And then they they following you for two blocks. Am I preaching this morning, y'all? Out, that's a work of the flesh. You got to get your flesh under control. And we're going to talk about this here. But you get your flesh under control. And understand you. Understand your makeup. Understand who you are as a person. And how you're built. That this is my flesh. This isn't God. This is my flesh. I got to understand this. And this isn't even demonic yet. We haven't even got to the demonic realm. I'm just being in the flesh. Can I have an amen? And then he says here. He says Selfish ambitions. Dissensions, heresies, he says, envy, murderers, drunkenness, revelries, and of the like, and the like. He said, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice, somebody say practice. Such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Practice, this this has become a consistent behavior in your life. He's not saying if you do this one time. He's not saying that. What he's saying, this becomes your practice. This becomes your lifestyle. This is why we want to live a life in the spirit. This becomes your lifestyle, your look up, and now you've displayed this consistent behavior. Even if you're somebody in the church, you have to stop and say, wait a minute. I got to break free from this because this isn't, this, isn't, this isn't Christ in me. This is my flesh. And I've got to get out of agreement with my flesh and allow God to deal with me. Well, if you practice these things, then what happens is you begin to forfeit your your opportunity to experience and inherit the kingdom of God. That's what he said. This disqualifies you. You can't say that you're saved and love God, but you don't reflect his nature. You can't say that you're a son or daughter of God, but you don't look like him. There's a lifestyle that's associated with, well, well, praise the Lord. Teach me how to live this lifestyle so that I reflect my father. I don't want to look like the old Adam anymore. I don't want to do what the old Napoleon Kaufman used to do. I don't want anything to do with him. I don't want anything to do with him in my life. There has to be a place where you come out of agreement with him. Or with her. her, That you say, no, I don't want that in my life anymore. Because I don't want to disqualify myself from the kingdom. Oh, Pastor Kaufman, what about God's grace? Grace is not a license for you to keep on sinning, man. Can I have an amen? Grace helps to get you out of your flesh and put you into the spirit. Grace helps you to become mighty in him. And this is what we want. And so he says here, he says, a person like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But look at verse 22. This is the beauty. He says in verse 22, but the fruit or the manifestation of the spirit, he says, is love, joy, peace. Long-suffering. Now, I want to stop here because this is what starts to come out of you when you start to enjoy the life in the Spirit. God starts to teach you how to love. It just comes out of you. I say this often, and, and I want to just say it again. I never, when I gave my life to God, I never cried so much in my life. I couldn't believe how the Lord started to share His moral attributes of love with me. You know. You think you love. But when God starts to pour his love in your heart. He causes you to see things differently. And there's a tenderness that comes up upon you. And he opens your heart. I just remember just going to church. When I first got saved. And I would just cry and cry and cry. It's like I was just being detoxed. And I would. I would sometimes I was like. Man get yourself together dude. <laughs> Are you going to cry again this Sunday? like come on man Lord not today I done messed up my suit and everything I'm on the floor I mean it but then you get in the presence of God and then God's love just starts to flood your heart and then and then you start looking at people differently like man I just love that person I just really love that person. And it's like God starts to fill your heart with love. And then you start looking at stuff. And I'm looking up in the moon. I'm like, man, God, I, I just love the moon. And <laughs> just love. I start loving stuff I don't even want to love. I'm like, well, I don't even love him. I don't want to love him. <laughs> Can I have an amen, y'all? I don't even want to love him, but I do for some reason. It's just the love of God. Can I have an amen? God starts filling you with love. And it's like when you don't even want to love, you start loving people and stuff and things. And start loving things and people. And I'm looking at animals and, oh, wow, I just love that. That horse is so beautiful. I just love him. I'm using language that I never used to use before. It's like God starts to fill you with love. Well, because his nature's in you said joy. When God starts to take you out of your flesh and bring you into the spirit, you start to experience joy. It starts to abound within your life. And it doesn't, now you understand happiness comes and goes based on your favorable circumstances, but joy is an inner condition of heart that causes you to possess this. And be in that position regardless of your circumstance. So you can be going through it, but still have joy in your heart. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has infused it within you now. It's great to be around people that have got some joy in their life. That smile, you know. You, you get around Minister Jennifer. she always smiling and laughing. She, you know, she got joy in her life. You get around certain people. You know, Minister Darlene. You know, Minister Lana, Darlene will cut you, but she'll do it with a smile, you know. <laughs> She got a smile on her face all the time. I love minister. Don't you love minister, darling? She'll cut you up. Ha ha. But hey, how you doing today? She got a lot of joy. She just got joy. You want to get around people that, got, that have joy in their life. Can I have an amen? You get around some people, they, they make you want to. I'm like, listen, I'm not taking, I got joy. I'm not taking what you got. Some people are always mad and always angry. And you get around them, they don't have any joy. God blessed them. God's prospering them. They, they got health. They're peaceful. Whatever got going on. What's wrong? I, I, you know what? I got something wrong though. <laughs> Everything wrong. Come on, man. Everything's not wrong with your life. Have some joy. Put a, some smile. You know, Hey, listen, life is already tough. Have some fun as you go through it. The Holy Spirit will give you joy. You know, it's not, you're not more religious or deep because you walk around with a frown on your face. When I preach, you know, I like to laugh. I mean, mean, the Bible says that God sits in the heavens and he laughs. There's a place for laughter and joy in your life. Don't think that you're going to be more powerful because you have a frown on your face, when I got, first got saved, I went to a church, and uh, I was amazed because you know all the, all the leaders would sit up here in their big chairs, and you know and that that 's what they want to do that 's fine and, you know that 's a tradition that 's what they want to do that 's fine. but my thing was okay if you 're up here, at least smile. At least smile. I mean, y'all sitting up here and everybody looking like. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm going to have some fun. Because. And then, you know, and then another thing, if you're up here, stand up and worship with everybody else during the worship service. Don't, no, you're not, you know, you're overseeing the flock. No, get up and praise the Lord because he's overseeing the flock. Can I have, he's the one that's overseeing the flock. You get up and praise God too. Put a smile on your face, have some joy. And can I have an amen, y'all? The Holy Spirit wants us to have some joy. Stop frowning at everybody on your job. He said peace This is what the Holy Spirit brings into your life He brings a sense of peace and rest You have peace with God He helps you to have peace with man He says long-suffering The the fruit of the Spirit of God Is He teaches you how to be long-suffering That means to suffer long That there's times when you have to bear up under things For an extended period of time Until God breaks you through but we're not quitters in this church. You sit up under it and then God sees you through on the other side. Long suffering. You, sometimes you go through it and it's, a, it, it's, it's long. But that's what the Holy Spirit has forged within you. And that's what he's bringing to, to your life. And that's how you continue to walk in the Spirit. You understand that I got to be long suffering. I got to stop quitting every time things get hard. Every time something gets hard, you just quit every time. well, That's a sign that you're walking in the flesh. You're not enjoying the spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to help you to be long suffering in situations. And sometimes it's like that and you have to, but the Holy Spirit gives you what you need. He says kindness. We have to learn the value of being kind. This is part of the nature of Christ within us to be kind towards people. This is a part of what he brings. You may not have been raised in an environment where people were kind to me. Man, give me the ketchup, man. (laughs) Well, when you, you you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that at the restaurant, all right? You can't, you can't do that at the restaurant. You shouldn't do that at the house. Hey, could you pass me the rest, the, the ketchup, you know? But we've been raised like, you know. And so we take that and then God is telling us you gotta be kind now. Don't just snatch the ketchup. But I know how it is. I mean, some some of your houses, maybe everybody was fighting for fighting for food. Can I have an amen? So hey, I gotta get mine. And that happened, you got a big family, everybody fighting for the ketchup now. And for the bathroom. But but there's a way you do things that in a kind manner, amen? We want to make sure that we do that. And like, goodness. We want, to have, we want the people to sense that there's, a, there's goodness that's in us. This is the nature. Of, this is the moral attribute of God. It's goodness. Faithfulness. Can people count on you? When you start getting out of the flesh and start walking in the spirit, then people start to really get a sense that person is faithful. They're going to show up on time. They're going to, they're going to communicate. They're going to do what they're supposed to do. Faithfulness. Is a manifestation of God's spirit in your life. Gentleness. There's times when we we need to be firm with stuff. And then there's times when we have to know the wisdom and have the wisdom to be gentle. And it it just comes out of you. You can say something that's hard to say and do it in a gentle way. He says self-control. That means that you know how to control yourself by the spirit of God. Our flesh doesn't control us that we have self-control, that we have ourselves under control. Sometimes that's tough, sometimes that's tough because we make split decisions and we act in a moment. We have to learn how to have self-control and be at peace within even though everything around us is going crazy. It's like I was sharing earlier, um, the, the, the waves are beating against the boat And all the disciples there. Jesus is on the back of the boat sleeping. I have to understand. He didn't didn't lose it. We got to get to a place where we have this quiet confidence about us. And self-control. And understand the value of controlling yourself. He says here. Not only self-control. Um. He says, against such there is no law. If we live this kind of lifestyle, there's no law against you. No one will be. There's nothing that will stick in the court of law against you before the throne room of God. Nothing will stick. You may get accused, but you're not walking in the flesh. You're walking in the spirit. He says, and those who are Christ, look at verse 24, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. So this means that these individuals, if we really lock into Christ, we we start, it's not something that you're constantly have, are doing. It's something that you've done. I've, I've locked the old man up and I refuse to let him out. Now, Obviously, on a day-to-day basis, we have to choose to do this. But this becomes the lifestyle that people begin to see on your, in your life on consistently. It becomes your practice. You're not practicing the things of the flesh. You're practicing the things of the spirit. And people, they, they start to see this. Now, watch this, y'all. This pattern with you. Like, wow. That person consistently is coming in here with a smile. And they just seem like they always got joy. That person is loved. And they, you see the lifestyle. And then, watch this y'all, you get saved and a week goes by. And you didn't cuss out your boss. A month goes by. And you're not trying to run people off the freeway who cut you off. Then, six months goes by. A year goes by. And people look and say, man. What happened to that person? And then another year goes by. Another year. And then people start looking at you and saying, this person now, whatever they've got in God, it's stuck. There's a consistency of character that I'm seeing here. That man that's showing me this person isn't just talking about Jesus. They're actually acting like him. And that's what God is looking to do in our lives, we have to embrace that. But the only way we can do that is if we come out of agreement with our old nature and we crucify our flesh on a day-to-day basis. You're not living today. Christ is living in me. He says in verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you got to walk in the Spirit. You can't just say you live in the Spirit. We gotta now walk it out. Now, now we start to walk it out and it becomes a lifestyle. He says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another. He says, envying one another. Now, we, even if we're walking in the spirit, we never allow conceit to get a hold of us because this can happen too. Now I'm living right. Now watch this, y'all. Now I'm living right. Now I'm I'm doing good and now I start to think I'm better than everybody else because look, they're all in their flesh. But me, I'm in the spirit. And then people start getting lifted up and getting conceited as if they made themselves well. Get a little self-righteousness. Get a little haughty, you know. Now we're in a position where instead of us having a, a place. And then we start provoking other people. We start, we start provoking people. And we start getting to a place where we start pushing people down the wrong road. And understand that everybody's going through their own process. Your process isn't their process. Stop trying to make people you. And let them become like Jesus and let God take them at their own. And then what happens is we got to get delivered from a self-righteousness or conceit that often can come upon our lives if we're not watchful. I am that far away from allowing the old Napoleon Kaufman to come back. Don't you be fooled. Anybody can fall, but nobody has to. Nobody has to, but anyone can, but you have to, all of us have to make sure that we keep the old us in check and we get out of our flesh because the enemy is very crafty at convincing you now and getting us conceited to the point where we think I could never fall. Well, yes, you can. You just fell right there with that. Just came out of your mouth. Let him who thinks he stand take heed lest he what? Fall. Lest he fall. You got to always be in a position where you lock in. And this becomes your lifestyle. And you enjoy it. Saints, this morning, I wanted to bring this to our attention once again. Because as Christians, this is the thing. And me and my wife were talking about this. When Jesus was ministering in the earth, he didn't have powerful worship team he didn't have children's ministry he didn't have all these ministries and he didn't have all this stuff and the disciples didn't have something some you know they didn't have all the phylactery that we That we see today, even in Christianity. And I'm not saying worship teams and all this other stuff. It's important. It's a blessing. But we have to understand when Jesus started the church, it wasn't about all that. What the people in Jerusalem saw was people acting like Jesus. So that they named them Christians. Because they're acting like Christ. And that is what causes people to say, huh, what is it? It's that. I want people to be attracted to the excellency of Christ in your life. Not just your gifts and talents and ability and worship team and this and that and this man and the preaching. I'm not talking about the preaching. I'm talking about what is this person's lifestyle like? And that is what what God endorses. And that is what we're looking for. To see the fullness of the manifestation of the life of Christ in your life.
0: Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925-292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net.